everyone and welcome back to my podcast if you're new here my name is Lisa Brianna and I am your lovely host of Crime Wife I hope you enjoyed today's episode and if you haven't done so please follow me anywhere you can and anywhere you are listening to this podcast I have always wanted to create a podcast I've just always been so so nervous and right now if I am talking way too fast it is because I am a ball of nerves But I decided to put those aside because I wanted to fulfill my lifelong dream of creating a podcast. So today I bring to you a case that I have always been interested in. I never knew too, never really knew too much about it until today when I sat down, I did my research and I am going to present this case to y'all. So if you have any feedback, feel free to leave it for me. I'm going to leave my sources in the description if you happen to fact check me feel free. Um, This is my first ever case. Um, This is the first time I've ever done research on a case. So I don't really know how to do it, but I am hoping along the way I find the way I like to research, the easiest way to research, and the correct way to research. So excuse me if I mumble. But before I get into the nitty gritty of this case, please follow me on my socials. Follow me on YouTube. It is Lisette Brianna, L-I-S-E, T-T-E space Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. And also follow me on Instagram if you have one of those. It is SETI25C-S-E-T-T-Y-25C. I don't know why I made that sound like an ad, but go follow me. Okay, so this case is definitely not a secret. I'm sure you have heard something about this case before. I hope that I can do it some kind of or some sorts of justice. Um, I'm sure I won't be able to because this is my first case. I do not know what I am doing, but I am going to try my best, okay? I'm sure um, as I go on with the case, you will definitely have some bells ringing up in your head. And if it sounds like I am reading this from a paper, it is because I am. I am so sorry. I wrote it all out. This is my first time. Be gentle with me, okay? But let me go ahead and get on to this case. This I am bringing you today is the case of the Black Dahlia. So I'm sure you have definitely heard about this case before. It is definitely no secret, like I said, um... It is actually one of the biggest and most gruesome cold cases out there today. Um, Yes, spoiler alert, it is a cold case. It has never been solved. But let me go ahead and get on to it. So Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, was an American woman found murdered in the Leemart Park neighborhood of Los Angeles on January 15, 1947. Her case became highly publicized because of the gruesome nature of the crime. This is a little bit about um, Elizabeth. She was born July 29th. 1924 in Hyde Park, Boston, Massachusetts, to Cleo A. Short and Phoebe May Sawyer. Those were um, her parents. She was the third eldest of five sisters. Her father was a wealthy man till 1929 when the stock market crashed and unfortunately left him broke overnight. The next year, they believe he committed suicide because his car was found abandoned on the Charleston Bridge. Um, They believe that he had jumped and that's how he had committed suicide. Elizabeth's mother moved into a small apartment in Medford, which is where they were actually brought up and raised. Um, She started working as a bookkeeper. After the incident with her husband, she was left to care for, to feed, and raise all five girls all on her own. Elizabeth was only six years old at this time. Elizabeth actually suffered from really bad asthma and severe bronchitis. Um, Because of this, she was back and forth from Florida, um... And I believe Boston, where she stayed with some relatives, trying to avoid the really cold months. Unfortunately, Elizabeth had to drop out of school because of all of 
these conditions. She was finding it really hard to keep up with work and things of that nature. She was only in her sophomore year of high school when she actually dropped out. Um, this was actually really messed up because in 1942, her father revealed that he was still alive and living a whole new life in California. He escaped his old life to try and start a new one debt free, which is actually really messed up because how are you going to leave your whole family knowing your wife had to raise all the kids by herself work? I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to me. And I also, I'm so sorry. I am fact checking myself. I don't think it was Boston. Um, I think it was Medford, uh, Massachusetts. She was back and forth Medford to Florida because obviously Florida is way warmer and yeah, it helped with her condition. So that's why she was back and forth there. Um, Elizabeth was sent to live with her father at the age of 18. That didn't last long, long though, because they could not get along. She moved out by January, 1943. Elizabeth picked up a job at the exchange on Camp Cook Base, which is actually Vanderburg Air Force Base in Santa Barbara County, California, or um, Lompoc, California. I believe that's what it says. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names. Again, I am still very nervous, so please bear with me. <laughs> During this time, she lived with many friends, including an Air Force sergeant that was actually really abusive. In September 1943, she was arrested for underage drinking. The juvenile court actually ordered her to return to Medford to move back in with her parents, but she was at that time used to being a little bit independent, so she instead moved to Florida. Um, while she was in Florida, she met a decorated army officer and they got engaged only for him to tragically die in an air crash in August of 1945. After his death, she moved to L.A., which is Los Angeles, in July of 1946. She got a job as a waitress and rented a room near the Florentine Gardens nightclub on Hollywood Boulevard. Also, another really quick disclaimer, if I seem like I am just going super fast through the case, it is because, again, this is my very first case that I researched. I am not quite sure how to put everything together, um, so I... Kind of just wrote a little mini report and I am basically just going off of that. So I will definitely learn some more tips and tricks on how to fill the fill the gaps, make it a little longer. But for now on, this is what you're getting. So on January 9th of 1947, she returned to L.A. from a trip to San Diego to meet her family. She made the trip with a married salesman named Robert Manley. The affair started in early of January 1947. So when she returned from the trip, uh, Manley dropped her off at the Biltmore Hotel in downtown Los Angeles, where she was supposed to meet her sister. Um, the hotel staff remembered that they saw someone with her description using the telephone, but the last time anyone would actually see her would be at the Crown Grill Cocktail Lounge on South Olive Street, about a half mile from the hotel. Sadly, the next time anyone would ever see Elizabeth was when her body was discovered, and that was on January 15, 1947, a mother taking her child for a walk in a L.A. neighborhood stumbled upon a gruesome sight. The body of a young woman sliced clean in half at the waist. The body was just a few feet from the sidewalk and posed in such a way that the mother actually thought it was a mannequin at first glance, which is actually really creepy. And then to see that with your child, I hope that child was so young that he does not remember, he or she does not remember anything to this day because that would be absolutely traumatic. Although there was extensive mutilation and cuts on the body, there was not a drop of blood at the scene, meaning the young woman was killed somewhere else. 
The L.A. Police Department led the investigation and the FBI was later asked to help. And they actually quickly identified the, the body using fingerprints um, that she had provided when she was previously arrested um, from underage drinking. By now, I'm sure we can all piece together that the body was of 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, uh, later dubbed as the Black Dahlia. By the press, um, they believed, and it was actually really rumored, that she loved to wear sheer black clothing and also for the movie The Blue Dahlia that was out at that time. I'm so sorry if it sounds like I am in a different place, a different time, a different room. It's because I'm currently on my break at work. I have my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. I don't know if you heard that. Um, and I am in my car recording the rest of this podcast. So I'm so sorry for the brief little break. Let's go ahead and continue on with the story. So based on uh, very early suspicions, it was suspected that the murderer may have had some skills in dissection or even been a surgeon um, because the body was so cleanly cut and the way that there was no blood in the body, it was just a little bit off. Um, let's go ahead into a little bit more about how her body was found. So little warning, um, warning, this is a little gruesome, a little uncomfortable for me to be reading. So if you get grossed out easy or you freak out very easy this may not be the part for you go ahead and skip forward a little bit but um i'm gonna go ahead and start now now that you know um her body was completely drained of blood her organs such as her intestines had been removed and very neatly placed underneath her buttocks um pieces of her flesh had been cut away from her thighs and her breasts which is really weird and her stomach was filled with feces. Um, some were led to believe that she was maybe forced to eat them before that she was killed. Um, she also had lacerations on her face. The killer had sliced each side of her face from the corners of her mouth to her ears, creating what's known as a Glasgow smile. Um, for those of y'all that don't know what that is, or if I'm pronouncing it wrong, it is the smile that, like, the Joker has on Batman. You know how his mouth is sliced from the corner of his mouth up to his ears? That's what she had, um, at the time of her death. So near her body, detectives, no, detectives, I'm so sorry, I keep stumbling on that word, but detectives noticed a heel print and a sack with traces of blood on it. Um, they believe that this may have been used to transfer her body to the vacant lot. Um, I didn't find anything that said that that's for sure what that sack was. Sadly, Elizabeth's mother, um, Phoebe, didn't learn about her daughter's death until the reporters from the Los Angeles Examiner called her, pretending that Elizabeth had won a beauty contest, which is so messed up. Honestly, that's just messed up on all levels, to be faking this sort of contest. And they did this to get information out of her um they got as much information out of her as they could before they actually revealed the truth to her um this is what i read in an article i'm not sure if it's true like i said please feel free to fact check me this is my first time ever doing research like this so if it's not true i really do apologize um but this is just what i read so that's what i'm going um off of so as the media learned more about elizabeth's history they began to brand her as a sexual deviant she was known as a teaser of men on January 21st, about a week after the body was found, the examiner received a call from a person claiming to be the murderer. Um, he said that he would be sending her belongings in the mail as proof of his claim. On January 24th, the examiner received a package with Elizabeth's birth certificate, some photos, business cards, and an address book with the name Mark Henson 
on the cover. The package also included a letter posted together from newspaper and magazine clippings that read, quote, Los Angeles Examiner and other Los Angeles paper. Here is Dahlia's belongings letter to follow. Now, of course, unfortunately, it was way too good to be true. Um, all the items were wiped down with gasoline, leaving no prints. Um, they did find a partial fingerprint, but I believe it didn't bring up any results or it was damaged and it was never analyzed. I kind of read both things going back and forth. I'm not sure which one is correct. Um, on January 26th, another letter arrived. The handwritten note read, quote, here it is turning in WID, which is like Wednesday, January 29th. 10 a.m. had fun at police black dahlia avenger end quote the letter included a location but police waited and no one ever showed up the alleged killer sent another note made of letters and magazines to the examiner that said quote have changed my mind you would not give me a square deal dahlia killing was justified end quote at one point, investigators had 750 investigations on the case and interviewed more than 150 potential suspects linked to the Black Dahlia killing. Um, officers heard more than 60 confessions during the initial investigation, but none of them con were considered legitimate. Since then, there has been more than 500 confessions. None of them were real. None of them penned out and none of them were charged, which is so unfortunate. I will never understand how people are so twisted as to confess to something that they didn't do and what is the purpose in that why do they get off on things like that it's so heartbreaking and sad to me and it honestly makes me a little upset that people are willing to do that just to make themselves feel relevant the only person that has ever been arrested for her case was 26 year old robert manley which if you remember that's the guy that she was having an affair with unfortunately he was later cleared um of all the suspicion after a very intense investigation and he actually passed multiple lie detector tests so now i promise you all that i chose this case because i thought that this case was done solved sealed but unfortunately that is not the case this is one of the most popular cold cases out there and i did not find that out until i already had a page of notes and then I read at the end that investigators still hadn't had any actual suspects besides the one. And I am so sorry. I thought I was going to have all the answers for you in this one episode. But with that being said, I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast, this one episode that I have put out for you. I really wanted to get an episode up and going so that way I can just introduce my podcast, let y'all get a little taste of it. And I promise this next episode will be more researched, more ex extensively. I'm so sorry if I stuttered a lot. Like I said multiple times, I was very nervous recording this episode. I definitely need to learn how to fill in my spaces without reading directly from my paper. But the more I research, the more comfortable I get. I promise you these episodes are going to be super binge worthy and you're going to love them. And you're not going to wait, be able to wait for the next one. Please like and follow my podcast page wherever you're listening to it now. I'm going to try and get it up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and I probably will eventually get it up on my YouTube channel. But like I said, I hope you all enjoyed. Please go follow me on my Instagram. It is at SETI25C, and also go check out my YouTube page if you haven't already. It is Lisette Brianna. I believe I spelled it out at the beginning of this episode, so please feel free to head back to the beginning and get all that information down.
also feel free to leave me some suggestions wherever you can whether it's on instagram youtube anywhere please leave me suggestions on what y'all want to hear next and also leave me some feedback on there i will see y'all all in my next episode and i hope you all are having an amazing day and remember be nice but never too nice because there's murderers out there bye